previously on Critically Stupid. Y'all, I'm just saying that Mel and Arnold nearly gave me a heart attack. I mean, they disappear from plain sight. And then it takes them all day to get home. And when they do, they're covered in like water and they're just sopping wet. And they come in and lo and behold... They're pulling gold out of their pockets. They're pulling daggers, bows. So we all got cleaned up. And in preparation for our soft opening of the Troll Skull Manor, um, we went out and we're exploring the shops and meeting the neighbors. We met these real weird folks named Daniel and Dina and Sean, the monkey uh, the big giant monkey. I get home and just, y'all, I need you to just listen and, and feel for me for a second. I had to listen to hours of Arnold auditioning people. And let me just tell you, I guess our neighbors are not that talented because it was rough. Look, we had a good soft opening. I think we're going to do okay for ourselves here. But you know, you've met us. So there's no telling how bad this could actually go. before we get going can i have a million dollars absolutely yes <laughs> that easy that why easy didn't, why didn't i think of that i'm just gonna check my bank account real quick to make sure yeah yeah, yeah yeah no it's uh it yeah my bank is actually kind of crazy it takes like four days to like send money but five <laughs> seconds kevin, to receive it that kevin hart joke well you well you see the yeah. way my bank account is set up <laughs> hilarious um okay Thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning into uh, Critically Stupid, soon to be world famous real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Um, I am Alexander James, your dungeon master. And my favorite part of last episode uh, was the Don't Make a Weird crew, who I transplanted from real life into the podcast, sort of, sort of just straight across uh, without asking for their permission, which was great. And I'm sure they're going to love it. 
Uh, hi, hey, everybody. It's me, Gary, and I play Gareth, and my favorite uh, uh, activity from last episode was when Gareth used his silver tongue and overall charisma to get some money. For once. <laughs> uh, my name is Diana, and I play Mel. Um, and my favorite part of last episode, contrary to, uh, okay, although I did look like I was being like tortured, I, I actually <laughs> did. I was sick. Okay. I'm sick. I actually did enjoy like the bit with, with the, with renovating the, you know, doing a little HGTV. Yeah. yeah. Playing the Sims. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm Katie. I play Cerulean and I think my favorite part of last episode was us attempting to procure olives and cilantro <laughs> such specific things bruh honestly like okay so like out out of game i i had totally banked on you guys selling the loot that you took from the captain's quarters <laughs> to make the money to fix it and instead diana was like fuck no it's all mine and i was like well the end of this episode has to be something. So, like, what the fuck do I do? Now? That was amazing. Never I was so not. glad it went that way. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, hold it. Just hold it. It's amazing. Well, because, like, Cerulean was like, do we want to, like, she was, like, desperately, yeah. like, do we want to appraise it or anything? And Diana and Gary were both like, nope. That was so funny. <laughs> I tried. I was pushing hard. I you, try, you tried to get rid of something that is not yours, <laughs> and that's not cool. If you were that worried about getting money, you need to offer up something of yours. Alex, you need to remember, if you give a mouse a cookie. (laughs) I'm Anthony. I play Arnold and I had so many favorite parts from last uh, last episode. Like, seriously, I I have like this new sheepish best friend in my band who's amazing. Uh, But I think one of my favorite parts was how we were all working together to cast the spell to charm the Mallard of Madness. And then oh ended up God. completely screwing ourselves by succeeding. I thought that was so funny. I was just like, "Oh, we like we 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 distracted. We we you know we did everything right. We did everything right and failed utterly." It's the now, best. But in our now. defense, we bounced back. Oh, we bounced back so perfectly. Yeah, like like in a beautiful... immediately after, everybody just pulled together again. Oh, it, wonderful! It was amazing. That was one of my favorite parts. Though. Beautifully performed oh, yeah. oop. Yes. It was it was particularly good. I loved Cerulean's expression when I was like, when when the gorilla was like, oh well, this would be the Mallet of Madness, and you saw her face like, oh my god. <sighs> so let's get into it. Um, you are all, uh, or were I should say, past tense, enjoying your soft opening of Troll Skull Manor. Um, you had some people from the neighborhood coming in. Captain Rain obviously was your first guest, your first paying customer. Um, and she uh, was chatting with Gareth. What were the rest of you doing when this explosion went down? When when the when the outside sort of like erupted into into fire and smoke? I imagine that Cerulean was like walking around with a clipboard, like making sure everything was done, <laughs> just making sure that everything was in place, that guests had been checked off. You know, real just party planner real nerd shit did you make it in like fantasy excel did you have Uh, like color-coded tabs okay excuse me (laughs) yes but (laughs) no she totally would have yeah 100 okay Fantasy Uh, excel. mel what about you um i i think mel would kind of be standing up you remember the first episode where mel was like high above 
watching all the shit go down i i I would definitely do that again okay because i don't want to talk to people sure let's say that because you had you had a fair budget uh for for your um reconstruction of troll skull uh i think that they actually per mel's request built a single table and chair on a staircase sort of like Hawkeye's nest from that Marvel feature where you can like, like ascend some stairs and then maybe they're on like a rope that you can pull up. So nobody can come up and talk to you and you can just sit like 15 feet against the wall. Yeah. You can only get here if you can tight rope 15 meters. (laughs) Okay. So you were up there. Perfect. Uh, Arnold, something with the stage, I'm guessing. I I mean, I would imagine that Ronald and I are back to back, like Huey Lewis in the news playing like the fantasy version of Power of Love. Just like, (laughs) you know, like I imagine we're rocking out to that, thinking that the explosions are people setting off fireworks because our performance is so explosive. Okay. So you found yourself like back to back with this half work. You're like hammering like hard on your loot. And this man is bongoing for his life. Uh, but unfortunately, he's an, he's a half orc. So like the more enthusiastic he got about his performance, the the more you had to hunch over your loot as you found yourself like bearing his weight, which is <laughs> it was substantial. Oh. For are all poised really well to see and hear this explosion outside. Um, it is loud, Arnold, and I will say like immediately beyond fireworks. Like the mm-hmm. the the intent is very clear um it is an explosion now uh troll skull itself stays relatively unharmed a few of the windows are blown in especially on the front uh front facing the yard um but mostly it's fantasy insurance but mostly it's the the rattling of tables and the sudden like jump scare inside as everybody's sort of like Ah. shouts yeah exactly Ah! um (laughs) I just imagine the music stops for a second and just like everybody's like well yeah Arnold, Arnold pulls just, out a record and scratches it <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah I'd imagine we'd stop him like was that us <laughs> so uh Captain Rain is actually first out of her seat um and she goes uh <clears throat> headed straight for the door and and opens it uh and the inside of Troll Skull Tavern is lit by a wash of sooty orange glow um as you all see the reflection of an of an actual fireball mushrooming into the the open air of Troll Skull Alley um and there are like more screams and cries uh, and general chaos uh, erupts into the tavern um, as people move to the windows, move away from the windows, rush to the door, press against Captain Rain as they're like, what happened? What do you think? And she's trying to like beat them back, but but also like summon the guard. She's got a, a um, two fingers in her in her mouth and is whistling for for the, the city watch. Um, and it's it's general chaos. Um, however, Mel. Being somebody that was uh, sort of up and elevated, you've got a better view of the alley and you can see a handful of details uh, coming from the clearing smoke. They're very uh, indistinct and very difficult to make out. The first thing you see are bodies uh, and not an inconsequential number of them. I'm thinking like four to five lying on the on the crooked cobbles of troll skull alley uh and you see active fires in your your, now is your neighborhood um starting to take over some some houses 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, um, I would respond that that um, that there's active fire certainly um, nearby Ellie, and it looks like there's a lot of um, people or, or bodies, a lot, lot of people <coughs> clearly coughing from the smoke. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's tough. You can't inhale it like that. You got to breathe shallow. Get low. Uh, yeah, Incredible role playing. <laughs> yeah, you got to get low. I would tell her that too. Like, like. You know, you, gotta, you don't, you don't, you don't want to breathe all that in. It's not good. Stop, for your, drop, and roll. Not good for your lungs. Yes, yeah. indeed. Stop, drop, and roll. If you so. uh, cerulean in one in front of one of the stores, uh, there is a uh, a large trough of water, um, big as like what you would assume like two whiskey barrels worth of water. Um, it is not one of the stores that is on fire but the lids are closed on the container. Are there people like in fire, like in the fire, like on the ground? No, no. You see uh, <clears throat> still forms on the cobbles in front of you and some fires in the, in the houses. Uh, you don't hear any screams of help or pain or like nobody's, you know, this There's no baby in the building. My baby right. Like, th- yeah, this is a still a comedy show. Nobody is actively burning to death in front of me. <laughs> and uh-huh. Welcome back to Critically Stupid. <laughs> My flesh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really quick, while Cerulean is doing this, uh, Arnold, Mal, Gareth, would you would you leap to action or would you stay sort of where you are? What's the vibe? Uh, that depends on if any of the bottles behind the bar broke during the explosion. I don't think so. I mean, you know, the explosion was only some of the windows were damaged. So like the only liquor in danger would be in the tankards of the guests flasks, which they paid for already. So (laughs) then that's no longer my problem. I would indeed uh, go out and see what's going on. Okay. Arnold, Mel. Um, So I would look, I would look at Ronald and I'd be like, watch our stuff. I have to help my friends. And I like, I'd run out and I go, you know, to see Cerulean and what she's up to basically. Okay. Can I see them from where I'm at? Yeah, pretty well. There's a couple of higher windows in the in the tavern of Troll School that you've got sort of like a downward uh, perspective on. But I will say like they are sort of moving towards the edges of your your overall scope because you can only see some of Troll Skull from where you're sitting. Okay. Okay. I'm trying um, so hard not to blast all this glowing goop everywhere. It's taking a lot of willpower. Is a family uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry. Please continue. God damn it, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mel. What's ready? Um, part of me thinks I might want to keep my vantage point but if i can't see them it's not i i think i wait can i cerulean are we still like linking <laughs> up um i think we still I would, yeah exactly you got you got your iphone or whatever um i um i would uh probably add like you know what what's going on down there do you, do you need my help um or or would you prefer i i stay up here and, and keep an eye out on and we don't know where the explosion came from yeah. I'm not going to be able um, to see you guys for too much, too much longer if you go too much further. Um, okay, so I would look around for a minute, see if I see anybody moving around before I respond. Are there, is there anybody that looks sketchy around me? 
Give me a perception check, please. Is there anybody that looks fiery? I believe that I probably see no one. Ten, ten Eight. Eyes. No, uh, the smoke. <clears throat> the smoke is quite thick and is obscuring the street, the buildings. You know, you've got you've got smoke and then like indistinct <clears throat> uh, wreaths of flame starting to to move up some of these buildings. Um, all of which to say, it is too busy to see any one like person. And can um, I see if there's anyone like sketchy floating around? Because I'm higher up and I have better vision. Give me a perception check as well. Let's let's find out. Twelve. Okay. No. Uh, similarly to, uh, to Cerulean, like the smoke is very thick, and I would I would say that maybe your your uh, eye is caught by the fire, being like new homeowners sure. in this very closely packed part of town. That might be something that would be alarming I to mean, you. I mean, I never wanted the place. And I'm assuming, again, we have fantasy homeowners insurance. So honestly, <laughs> we might make out with more money if we just let the thing fucking burn. Call fantasy 911. I, on the other hand, Gareth like, Arnold, just turns around. Arnold will run out. Yeah, just, Gareth turns around. My friends are on fire. And I scream and I look at Captain Rain and I'm just like, what are we doing in case of fire? Do you have fire department here? If okay, so Captain, Captain Rain you. Uh, She is uh, currently dishing out orders left, right, and center to uh, a couple of city guards who came running. Um, Cerulean, you see these big uh, water buckets, um, and you see standing in the smoke a larger column of flame, sort of uh, rising up to start consuming a building close to you. Okay, so I'm going to use shape water. I can take a five by five square. I'm gonna take one barrel at a time and <clears throat> work on the base of that fire. Okay, that's fine. We don't have to go into the, you, you, you quell a lot of the fire. Let's just say that. Um, from the street, you hear uh, shouts and wagons rolling up to be what you assume to be sort of like this town's equivalent of like fire wagons. Um, clearly- yeah, exactly. Clearly the city is like, I think that might just be the, fa- the fire department, uh, but whatever it is, like clearly Waterdeep has got systems in place. They're coming to help. Uh, Arnold, um, you notice the bodies. You 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 have run out. You, you were going to talk to Captain Rain, uh, but Captain Rain was busy and you almost trip on them. Uh, oh. Dark forms lying on the street. Really sad. Um, you don't recognize any of them. They were all uh, strangers to you. Um, I burst into tears. Okay. Um, And I definitely don't recognize any of them. So I I look around um, and I see, obviously I see her water bending. I can't do anything to help with that. Uh, So, you know, I look around, do I see anything else that would be interesting? You know, do I, I'm looking for like, water anything i could do to help like a hose and literally literally anything at this point yeah there's you know there's next to these buckets of water that ceruleans uh found there are there's like a a little like a regular size bucket that you feel like you could start throwing onto um onto a building and as you're doing this crews of 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 people from these wagons are coming in and starting to like do the same thing with like chains of of buckets and larger um yeah exactly so like bit by bit the scene uh calms down the fires are taken under control it's less uh smoke and fire and and starts turning into smoke and steam uh the inhabitants of troll skull fade from your tavern back into the street um to take stock of 
the damage. Um, the Wicked Wares and Wild Store uh, has some significant damage to the front, but it's pretty superficial. Like similarly to Troll Skull, maybe replace a couple windows. I burst um, into tears again. <laughs> um, into more tears. There is Do a. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Surly. Do I notice anything in particular about the bodies? How so? Are they all wearing black clothing? They are now. Are they human? Are they bird? That face. The uh, face. There are a a number of races. Uh, Bessie, some of them are human. Some of them, there appears to be like a gnome or two. Uh, no birdmen that you can see. Um, Surely no gorillas. Not a single gorilla. Rest, rest easy. There are two bodies sort of like stacked next to each other, almost like they perished together. Oh, it's um, like the guys in Pompeii. One of them is clad in very charred, very beaten up black armor. Um, and he is laying over uh, a gnome. Is Sylvie, is that what's his face? Okay, I run over to that body and I'm like <clears throat> pushing the big dude off. Okay, um, it is a uh, a human. It is not uh, a half. Again, nobody you recognize. One thing that you do recognize immediately, though, is the garb that this fresh corpse is wearing. Um, looks identical to the black armored mercenaries that you saw dead in the warehouse just before you set that on fire a couple days ago. And that was the the Zentarim. Uh, Okay. The way you said fresh corpse reminded it sounded like like the fresh corpse of Bel Air. <laughs> no, that's a show I would watch. <laughs> the worst part is that my brain did that too. Nice. And I'm really disappointed in it. <laughs> um Can your we... neighbors sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, um, I think you might you might have answered I'm I'm sorry, but like can we tell where the initial like I know there's residual fires, but are we able to tell like where the initial ex explosion hit mm, that's a great question i would love an investigation role from you bestie that's going to be uh in your skills is that an investigation mm -hmm. 19 Ooh, that's actually quite good okay um the cobblestones surrounding these two figures that i just described to cerulean are cracked and smoking and even I will go so far as to say some of them uh, immediately around the bodies are still red. Uh -huh. um, your neighbors from Troll Skull move back into the alley, um, start identifying their stores, and you hear the sound of gentle sobbing. Uh, and you turn to see, um, not Arnold for once, the uh, proprietor of Corellian's Crown, um, sitting on the staircase leading up to what once was their shop, but is now a twisted ruin of uh, charred stems and blown out glass. Um, and they are holding what, what, what used to be a teapot, um, but is uh, cracked and burned and um, very much charred. And you said that the, the storefront this particular that's close to like the area where it looks like the initial explosion. yeah yeah you would imagine that like it, it, if the if the two pe pe people perished <laughs> in the middle of the street um this was probably the closest store it was probably okay. within 10 feet 
Okay. I'm just trying to figure out what the target was. As you are, uh, as you are watching this, this proprietor of Carillion's clown, uh, sob over their teapot, um, you see a fresh wave of, uh, guardsmen come in from one of the alleys. Um, and you hear a voice start wrapping out orders in a Scottish brogue. Uh, and you turn to see a red mohawk helmet make its way through the smoke and, and soot as Barnabas Blaswind uh, strolls onto the scene and takes charge. Uh, standing just behind him is a tall human with uh, pale, wispy facial hair that he's curated into a would-be beard, um, and he is furiously taking notes on a notepad. If you will remember, these were the two of the three people who interrogated you in the cells that they pulled you uh, at, right after you emerged from the sewers <clears throat> after, after finding flu. Do we hear bees? No bees yet, but okay. there is always time for bees. Uh, qu question, Gareth, who went back inside, by the way, uh, <laughs> does Gareth notice any kind of reaction from the ghost house about this explosion? Um, hmm. It's a great question. It's a good question. I think uh, you would have noticed a uh, a handful of tables and chairs being scooted abruptly back from the blown out windows. Okay, like away from the windows. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's okay. I think the extent of it because your house is not actively on fire. Word. Tight. I guess Gareth is just going around like tending to the patrons who are cowering under tables, like still serving. Like, can I get you anything while you're out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. You see a uh, you see a a very striking uh, human woman with like long hair cowering, and she's like holding a glass of wine, and she's shaking so bad that it's like sopping. It's like it's like spilling up over her fingers, and she looks up at you with huge eyes and says, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> Okay, well, as soon as you finish that one, let me know and I'll get you a refill. Not free, but I'll get you one anyway. <laughs> Not free. We're, we're running a business here, damn it. Holy Not a charity. Okay, um, let's get into it. Cerulean can see the proprietor, right? Yes. Okay, um, I am going to walk on over to them um remind me of their name again i don't think you ever found out um which might make this conversation a little awkward <laughs> hey you <laughs> oh, shit hey bud how's it going my best friend in the whole world damn right um sister william just goes up as awkwardly as Katie did just now. Hey, you. Um, I know there's not really anything that I can say right now, but is there anything I can do for you? It is uh, unfortunate, of course, but uh, life is water, is it not? And water flows in and water flows out. And I'm, I, I built this store once and I'm sure I can, I can build it again. Barnabas Blastwind and, uh, his tall human companion start uh, sequestering the bodies. They've noticed the bodies in the in the in the street, and they're starting to set up a um, 
sort of like a cordoned off uh, section. Mel, did you did you run out or did you stay in the in the tavern? I cannot remember. As, as far as I know, I'm still up top trying, just keeping an eye and just watching them. I don't know, draw chalk shapes around bodies or whatever it is they're doing. OK, um, um, I think I that, that. It, at some point I would probably ju- I guess I'm just kind of waiting to, to see if I'm. I'm tired. It's really and would have probably said to Mel, um, hey, you want to be our eyes up there for a little bit longer? See if anything is going on on the skirts that maybe we can't see. Yeah, for sure. No problem. I will I will keep an eye out. I assume I can see better now that the smoke and everything has. Yes, actually, now that you, now that you say that, um, on one of the rooftops, uh, close to the top of the smoking ruin that was Corellian's crown, uh, Mel, you see a hunched figure emerge through the smoke not moving not it has no weapons drawn but it is it is staring down at this scene that you, you know you see arnold and cerulean uh, uh partaking in okay i would um i would let cerulean know okay. that, that i that i see a, um a figure it doesn't appear to to look look like it's going to hurt anybody but i'll keep an eye on on them and Obviously, I'll just shoot them if I have to. Sure. Um, I would I would have given you all the deets. I I would have told you everything that I saw from where I was. I'm gonna ask. So, are they are they shrouded in shadow, or are they like? <clears throat> they're like on, if a light were shown. Uh, probably. I mean, it is daytime, so they're not like hiding in the night. Um, it's just very smoky and hard to see, sort of everywhere in the alley right now. This whole time, of course, like, I always have Cerulean, like, in my, you know, in my periphery, just like, you know, kind of looking over her as if, like, she's, like, the guy, like, you know, helps us out. And, like, I imagine, you know, I'm pretty perceptive as a storyteller and, you know, a person in general. I'd probably see her keeping an eye on something. And I want to know if I can look, like, because what Arnold will do is look up and be like, oh, no, someone's in danger. And I'd think, like, this person, someone's on the roof who's like, oh, there's a big fire and this explosion. Something terrible is happening. And I kind of want to, like start running in that direction as if to like get near them okay because I... I yeah no i see the vibes uh as you run sort of like ac- like across the street uh okay. looking up you hear a soft sound uh coming from an alley away from this sort of like explosion um and it's a it's a child's voice and it's going um some kid in an alley like that's the coolest shit i've ever seen in my life (laughs) you turn a corner and there is a small uh human boy um bent over something in an alleyway and is making those those sounds i see that so okay so i i i go and i stop and i'm like i love that and i say hey watch this and i just i cast like um hang on let me see so i I cast my minor illusion and I kind of just start making similar sounds. And I'm like, I love this. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, I do this all the time. And I look <laughs> at just to like talk to him. And I'm like, you seem uh, cool. So but. he, he turns and his eyes go huge. Uh, and you can see his face is streaked with soot cut through with like lines of sweat. Like he was involved at least in the periphery of this explosion. He is unharmed. Um, Cause he's a, he's a kid. And this is like, fucking comedy podcast Family show, um, but uh as he turns to you you see he is holding a necklace of brilliant gleaming orange orbs i'm no uh, longer in the building 
I'm coming outside. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I can sense the um, That is like, I, if they are gems, they're they're priceless. Like each of them is the size of an avocado pit. Okay. Uh, and he says, "Well, that's 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 so cool. That's like that's like the sound that these things made, but like but like real." I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I heard it, but I didn't see. So I I look at him. I'm like, I didn't see what did it. Do you know what did it? Also. That's a really cool necklace or whatever that is. I suggest, you, give you know, me. there's a lot of stuff going on back here. Maybe you should tuck that into your shirt a little. Just Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I heard I heard the explosion. I heard it go, and then I heard it go, and then somebody was like, and then I heard a, and then I found this in, like, a water barrel. So, like, you're right. It's probably really valuable. And he puts it, he puts it on his neck. Uh, as soon as he does, he goes, ah, ooh. And then he, like, he, like, separates. He's like, oh, it's hot. Sorry. Hmm, strange. Uh, I, I want you to know uh, that when you were doing the little sound effects or when you screamed, your mic didn't pick it up. So you were just like, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll add a Wilhelm scream in post. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, so, so I look at him and I'm like, okay, so can I? Okay, I'm trying to let me see if this is I don't I don't want to I want to persuade him to yeah, invite him to our eat. bar. Okay, so well, no, I'm going to I'm going to realize that he's getting hurt by the necklace uh-huh. and the fact that he just told me that he found it somewhere. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. I'm gonna say hey, um, and I want to like try to persuade him to give me the necklace because it's dangerous. And I'm like, actually, hey, how about you just give that to me and I'll put it somewhere safe in my. I have this whole home over here, and mm-hmm. I like I was like, so I can even be like, look, I'll give you this to you can hold this thing and I'll tra- I'll trade him like one of my instruments that I have, like a little drum or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me a, tell, he, he says, uh, well, now hang on a second, mister. My, mama didn't, Dustin Ego ain't no fool. Mama didn't raise an idiot, right? So I know this is valuable. So you're going to have to give me some good stuff for it. He's so uh, roll, that, roll that perception okay. persuasion so, check. And let's I got, see if he'll I got, take that instrument. I got 18. Oh, oh shit. yeah. Okay. Yeah, kids are pretty dumb. He'll take yeah, that. He's pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> so you hold out, what do, which instrument do you hold out? Um, What do I have? I have a, I'm just for now, I'll give him my lyre. Okay, the, the one, one signed by Volo Gale. Yep, yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. It's the most, that's why I'm going to, and that's what I think would be the persuasive part of this. And okay. so, like, this is by someone's famous sign this. Look, it's right there. I've been watching it. It's been through so much. Okay, We've made a beholder while I was Whoa, holding it. Who, whose signature is that? Ah, someone famous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, Dustin, very. Dustin reaches out and, and almost snatches it from your grasp. Excuse me. Um, and is uh, is like, wow! Look at this. This is, I can't read it, but it looks really cool. And like, it's uh, worth it's worth everything. Like literally he, billions of dollars. <laughs> without looking, he he takes the necklace off his head and uh, and hands it to you. Okay, so I really from then I really just want to ask him like, so you said you found this in some? Where did you find this? What happened? Like, I found did- it. In a, I found it in a water barrel down there, uh, and he points sort of like towards one of the end of one of the the alleys that looks out over the sea, okay. um, and you can you can actually see there is a barrel underneath like a rain gutter. Yeah, the, <laughs> the city watch is sort of closing in this alley. Um, how overt are you being with this necklace? 
Are you, um, are you gonna out s- and, and showing it to everybody? Or are you keeping it on the sly? No, I'm going to say like my new go-to from the, the, the treasure ship that we totally heisted uh, is I throw things into my ukulele and I throw it in my back. And I, you know, so that's, <laughs> that's you, what I, you know, I'm like, it's there. Right. I throw it in the hole and I walk to Cerulean. That's, you and know. you got to show it to your best rogue friend to appraise it for you. That's of course, cool naturally. Cool. That's my, <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> Always. Um, Cerulean standing, talking to, uh, the proprietor of Corellian's crown. Um, you hear a Isn't commotion. it Corellian? Isn't that person Corellian? No, Corellian is the elvish god of nature. <laughs> How did you not fucking know that, you scrub? Anyway. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, now back to us who know what we're talking about. Just... Yeah. Let the real nerds step in. Um, Ow. Thank you. you. You hear a commotion from inside and there are um, a handful of clerks, um, apprentices or people that you feel like were, were working at the shop who are just starting to like sift through the rubble and they're actually pulling out some plants that still look alive and they're stacking them by the door. You, you feel like for, um, for the purposes of like cataloging and regrowing and uh, um, stuff like that. Okay. Um, do I see Arnold coming up to me? Yes, Arnold comes up to you uh, and appears through the smoke. His his uke jangling, and I'm just like, I met this little boy who was making the coolest. Like, and I just kind of do that for a minute, and then I'm like, <laughs> sixty. Wait, 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 yeah, sixty full, full seconds, uninterrupted, uninterrupted. <laughs> and he like never, he never does the face, same just slowly, it's a new it one every goes time. from like really interested to just slowly like just beatboxing explosion i'm scatting for a solid minute and then i'm like but but then i'm like beatboxing at some point (laughs) 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 so i'm like but there's a barrel over here and that's where this was found it fell from somewhere there's a little boy over here might have more information but i just wanted to i need you i need you i need you i'm freaking out at this point i was like something happened also don't put there's a thing. Look at it. Don't put it around your neck. It burns a little or something bad. Um, I'm going to take a look. Well, no. Okay, actually, I'm going to say, put that back on your back. Let's go inside and let's go upstairs. Upstairs? <sighs> There's no time for stairs. I'm playing on my ukulele. I'm like, okay. making it jangle. You're doing the air guitar because you gave away your loot. <laughs> um, Mel. Stand, sitting still in your in your in your uh, raven's nest, um, you see a stumbling figure emerge from a uh, a sunken stairwell in uh, in Troll Skull Alley. They are wearing what used to be fine clothes, um, uh, elegant robes, a nice like brocaded shirt, um, but they are like completely soot smeared and ashen. Um, and they look very, very pale as they emerge from the stairwell. And they're standing sort of like off by themselves, um, almost like shell-shocked. Why? Did something happen? <laughs> <laughs> Go back to extorting innocent people. <laughs> I'm not extorting anyone. They're patrons in my place of business. Business. Is this as Arnold and I are like, making a cut yeah towards... sort of like at the same time i just want to involve oh, um yeah no um so and they're just chilling they're standing there with like a thousand yard stare they now have ptsd 
Correct. Um, okay. So um, I would go to Cerulean and, and let her know that there's a person that I think that she should probably bring back with her. They don't look well. Okay. Um, and and um, just, I'm going to look at Arnold and I'm going to say, go in there, go put that somewhere safe. We will deal with that later. Just don't let anybody see it. And I'm going to walk. You're, you're telling him to go back to Trolls Goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, go okay. in your. So I'm immediately like, room. I'm going to show, I'm going to show Gareth immediately. I will. Don't worry. I will talk to Gareth about this and we're going to, we're going to solve this mystery of the, the fire necklace of doom. Like, we're going to. Okay, just don't there. do it in front of anybody. And. Well, I'm going to do it in front of Gareth. Like, I can't do it behind him. <laughs> Arnold makes his way to Troll Skull. Um, there's sort of like a general ebb of, like, um, guardsmen and uh, victims and people sort of also going to Troll Skull. It is, you are starting to notice one of the few buildings left in Troll Skull Alley unmarred by this, or generally unmarred by this explosion. Um, so it's turning into sort of like a, a like a triage hub for the guardsmen um, who are like, this person needs immediate help. This person needs some help. Faz, uh, I'm sorry, not Phasma, fucking idiot. Rain is there. Um, uh, leading that triage and is laying out the people who need immediate medical attention like on your deck um and is of course uh, apologizing profusely to floon uh for using up all of your business space but floon's like oh bro like it's, it's totally fine like that dude's bleeding from like his face and like that's that shit's scary man uh but arnold you you uh roll in and you find gareth hunched over the bar screaming at somebody if you're not gonna buy another drink you have to leave well, hey, hold on, hold on. I'm going to draw the line and say that you're welcome to stay in the bar provided you have already bought a drink. <laughs> okay, so you, I'm sorry, let me revise this. You go into the bar to find Gareth leaning over a windowsill screaming at the dead unconscious people on the, on the, on the deck. If you haven't bought something, you have to leave. It, inside seating is for paying customers only if you're bleeding out do it outside <laughs> that's why they call it bleeding out not bleeding in <laughs> one terrible. star review on fantasy yelp so, so a restaurant, not a hospital so i'm like we're, wait we're not even a restaurant we're a bar <laughs> slash library not a hospital so i'm just like Gareth. And I, I'm like, look at this, look at this. And I'm just, I forget to even say, you know, I'm just like shaking my, you know, ukulele in his face, yeah. just like, like hearing the rattle and Adam's, you know, I imagine he knows what a rattling, you know, gem sounds like though. I don't know. You're goddamn right, Gareth. <laughs> Gareth leaps over the bar. <laughs> So I'm just like, so I tell him the whole story. I'm like, I'm just like, you know, I found this. Cerulean didn't care. She didn't want to know about my gem. She just like nobody ever cared. I just want to show Calm people. Down, the cool I, stuff I, I would love to hear all about your shiny necklace in private. <laughs> let's go down into the basement and let's admire its beauty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of Season 2 of Critically Stupid. Woo! Thank you so much for being here. Um, give me just a hot minute. I'll have you right back to the show. My name is Alexander James. I am your dungeon master uh, and friendly neighborhood architect. I've designed all the buildings in your neighborhood. You don't know that. They're uncredited under my name, but uh, I did I did design them. I am... They call me the Wallsmith. That's, that's just a fact. I'm not even... It's not even a joke. Um... 
As per usual, we are playing a loose interpretation of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, an official Dungeons & Dragons module written by Chris Perkins, Scott Fitzgerald Gray, Kim Mohan, and Michelle Carter. Um, if you or any of your buddies are looking to get into D&D, I highly recommend you go to dnd.wizards.com. Check out all of the amazing supplies there. They've got dice. They've got pencils. They have a fully uh, operational scalpel set that are branded with like the D&D merch logo which honestly i'm not quite sure what their vision was for how to use it but it looks cool as hell and probably very sharp so check that shit out dnd.wizards.com <laughs> uh as always you can tweet us at crit stupid to end up as a character on the show characters like uh in this particular episode we've got dustin ego at dustin taylor underscore at uh, on twitter um i actually combined dustin's first name and his adorable dog Ego's name, kind of into one character name. Um, and uh, we've also got Evan Austin at Evan Austin Author without an E, so just Author uh, on Twitter. Uh, those are both people who, who tweeted at the show really early on when we only had a couple episodes on, on YouTube, so thank you guys very much for your support and your continued support, and um, Keep an eye out because I, I like to bring every every episode or every character back at least at least once for in a later episode. So you guys aren't done yet. Um, as a, a new feature that we're trying in season two, going into season three, we're not quite sure when we're going to start it. Uh, we're gonna you're gonna see us using graphics. The the creators on the show, uh, little images, you know, like new episode dropping this Friday or currently listening to an episode of Critically Stupid. Um, if you see those images and you share them and you tag us as the show in them, uh, your name will go into a pool to be a featured listener in an upcoming episode. What that's going to entail is I'm going to put your handle on the screen. Uh, I'm going to shout you out for being a listener. And then to the best of my ability, if, you've, if you're obviously working on like a featured project or something you've got going on in your profile, I'll, I'll chat that up to, to the best of my ability. Um, and uh, yeah, just generally thank you for listening to the show. A, a caveat, as per usual, if your username or handle uh, features profanity, I probably won't use it. We're not quite a family show, but we're not a nasty McNasty's show either. That's uh, Critically Stupid Nights coming to you season four, I guess. Ah, whatever. Um, we are doing a big YouTube subscription push, trying to get to that magical number of 1,000 subscribers. Uh, if you haven't yet, I would love it if you could subscribe to the show, if you could recommend the show to a friend and uh, recommend that they subscribe. Uh, if you could leave us a rating or a review, possibly, on Spotify. We really rely on those uh, word-of-mouth type vibes to, to push us forward in the algorithm and get us in front of new listeners uh, who might, might like us or hate us, but hopefully like us. Fingers crossed. Um, that's all I got today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm, uh, I'm really, really glad that you tuned in. All right. I love you. We're going to give it another go. It's a bit more, a bit more zing. Oh, a bit of zing. A bit zing. Of zing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Hello. Hello. With a Hello. No, no. no. Hello. Hello. Wait, wait till I get through the whole thing. Ready? Wait till I... Hello with a billowing hilltop. Hello. Hello. Oh, dear. <laughs> wait till you get through the whole thing. No, no, I mean... I, I thought that was the whole thing. The whole thing is hello <laughs> with a billowing hilltop. Okay. That's the whole thing. Yeah? Okay. Okay. That was right. <laughs> Uh, that pretty much sums up the show. But if you want to find out any more, you can visit us at www.belowinghilltop.com. Is it com? Does anybody know? .org. 
Is it? <laughs> what do we do? What do we what do we play? There's monsters. Um, does anybody remember? Walking around. I don't know. And, yeah. And we will be delighted <laughs> if you to join us around our table as we play Dungeon Is it fifth edition? Hello? Yeah, we think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We play Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, that was me. I what was that noise in the background? There will be noises in the background as we play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition through the classic Paizo adventure path, The Age of Worms. You can expect this. No! Quite a bit of this. Um, I'm completely lost. This. Blech. This. I've got a bugbear in my underpants. And one of these. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify and we're on TuneIn and you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and we uh, hope you join us. Thanks very much. So uh, I follow him, of course. Yeah, you guys make your way into the basement. Um, Arnold uh, pulls it out of his ukulele, and Gareth, it is a it is a very simple leather string um, with three avocado sized beads hanging from it. They are noticeably not gems. So get your disappointment out of the way now. Fuck mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Um, I will say though, they are scalding to the touch. Okay. Um so can I can I tell what the beads are like made out of material-wise? Is it like wood? They are some sort of like glass-esque material. Not glass, but not crystal, somewhere in the middle of those two things. It's like how Velveeta is cheese food, but not really it's, cheese. It's a cheese substance. It's a cheese product. So You're a cheese product. That's the um, nicest thing you've ever said. To me. <laughs> uh, Mel, you notice this uh, this well dressed uh, halfling noblewoman walk into Trollskull, sort of like moved by the the ebb and flow of the crowd, um, and she's just standing in the middle of this tavern, like staring at the floor. And notably, not buying a drink. <laughs> You're in the basement. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, so really, just in the front, like, don't worry, the fucking mean ass rogue is gone. You can stay. I'm not in there yet. That's yeah. Well, so really, what are you doing? Just while all of this I, is I was going, on. going towards that shell shock guy. Oh, you were going towards. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um. So you I, catch yeah, I him. sent him inside, and I went to walk towards the guy that looks like. Got it. Okay. PTSD. So, uh. It is a uh, a halfling woman uh, who is has like very elegantly well was elegantly quaffed white hair, but it is like tinged with soot and is like sort of like spiraled in disarray. Parts of it um, a little bit on fire, and she is she is um, muttering to herself under her breath. Can I make uh, out what she's as, saying? As you get closer, you can make out what she is saying. Um, and she is uh, stuttering over the word rooftops over and over again. And it almost sounds like fragments of the same sentence on like a broken record where she's like, roof, roof, rooftops, it came from the roof, roof, rooftops, it came from the roof, roof, 
rooftops. The fire came from the roof, roof, rooftops. Does her zoom also like do the thing that mine does? <laughs> New hit um, single. <laughs> it came from the rooftops. <laughs> so I'm going to hands up like this. Hey, honey, you doing all right over here? Any, um, is anybody home? Um, yeah, she she sort of looks at you, sort of like skittish and, and scared. Uh, she doesn't flinch away, but she's definitely apprehensive of you. Um, I'm going to... Charm person. Okay, all right, here we go. Fifth time's the charm. <laughs> I will say you have you're you're choosing somebody not actively attacking any of you, so I'm hoping it's going to go well. Yeah. The so the intention behind this is to get her to listen to me long enough to calm her down. Okay. Not well, not to be no. I don't roll. You roll. I roll. Oh shit! I do. She, I she rolled a nat twenty, bro. Like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it will okay. work. The spell will work one day. <laughs> That's I think I'm 0 for 5, literally. No, 0 for I 3. I really do think you're 0 for 4. That this is your fourth. I want to cry. Okay. Um, so it would have just been like I was going to comfort, comfortingly touch her shoulder anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would she have spoken you. soothingly. <laughs> what? Her shoulder you're gonna, you're gonna touch your shoulder. <laughs> she bites your hand. <laughs> no moss pinky. Uh, no, she, she, um, doesn't, doesn't flinch away, but she doesn't really respond to your, to your, to your touch at all. So I'm going to rub her arm. Just why don't you come inside? We'll get you a warm drink and we'll sit down Mm -hmm. and get you some food. Let's relax. Let's just get you off the street. Let's get you a little bit cleaned up. And so I'm like, I want to guide her to troll skull. Okay. She is in Troll School. Like, that's when you guys met. So, you, so you're guiding her, like, to the bar, to a seat, to a vacant table yeah, or something. Yeah, I would probably and, like, try to pull her, like, into a, not, like, a secluded, like, creepy way, but, like, less, one of the least busy areas where yeah, she sure. wasn't so, like, overstimulated. Yeah, there's a quiet, well, into there's the a quiet, library side, not necessarily the yeah. bar side. I would say, actually, right underneath Mel's, like, Perch is a really quiet corner of the library um, where where uh, there's a table and then there's like a stack of books that Mel's just thrown when she was done with them because she can't be bothered to put them back on the shelf. No, I'd have to get all the way down and it's quiet because I like it quiet. Thank you. Uh, Of course. Um, As you're guiding her to this table, she stutters over one more word um, as she's spitting the sick beat. Roof, roof, rooftops came from the roof, roof, rooftops. Uh, she says, nimble right. Mel. She's as, I try, like, as I try yet again to get you to come down from your fucking perch that I gave you that I'm already regretting. Um, <laughs> you give me a perception check, please. Now I'm less motivated. To I know it was a fucking mistake on every front for me. Yeah, 13. Okay. You overhear a conversation between two of these apron-clad um, boys as they sort of like move in with all of the victims from from this um, fireball, and you actually recognized him from the edges of your periphery as you were over as you were watching over this scene play out in the alley as two of the shop boys from Corellian's Crown, the plant store that is currently an ashen husk of its former self. 
Um, and you hear uh, one of them say to the other, now, now, Evan, you, you, must, you must tell the City Watch. It's, it's quite dangerous if you keep this information to yourself. Uh, and, and the other says, no, I can't, I can't risk it. I can't risk it. My, my family's in danger. My father's wanted for, for some crimes. I can't, shh. And they are sort of like quietly to themselves, like shuffling along the bar, keeping, I will say, a fair distance from Captain Rain and her sort of like watch crew. Hey, quick question. How old are these kids? Are we carding people? <laughs> you actually see Floon uh, sort of like rush after them. Like, whoa, little dudes. Like, I'm going to have to give you some hot chocolate or something. We can't risk our fantasy license. <laughs> our fantasy drinking license. Yeah. Uh, they are probably 10-ish. Yeah, okay, they're old now. That's fine. <laughs> they're double digits. It's cool. It's fantasy. So who have we left for a little bit? Let's go down to Arnold and Gareth. How, how are we doing with this necklace? Gareth, you've, you've grabbed it. Um, you felt it. It is hot to the touch. Beyond, I will say, like any lingering flame like it's been several minutes since the since the fire was doused so there's no more question about like oh maybe this was heated up in the in the in the blaze right. like no these are these are hot rocks okay um i don't suppose i would be able to appraise it either monetarily or have any background from my wizard village as to like oh yeah i knew a dude with a bunch of hot rocks on a network okay that's an, that's an interesting angle tell you what give me an ar- give me an arcana check all right arcana is can i also do that since i'm half elf from and you know magic and from a village of people who why don't are... arnold why don't you give me an insight check insight let's check? approach that's this from two from two for separate sure. angles. all right i rolled a 13 plus one i rolled a 14 okay 14 arnold 19 plus 3, 22. Whoa, big yeah. ups on the insight roll. Okay. Um, Arnold, with your 22 insight, you put together a couple of context clues from this necklace. Number one, the kid said that he grabbed it from the barrel, which means likely as not, it was dropped. Uh, and you managed to put that together with the figure on the rooftop. So likely it's not whatever figure on the rooftop dropped this necklace into the thing. You also managed to put together, you're, so you're looking at the spacing of these rocks on this leather string, right? And they are uneven. They're, they're a little bit lopsided. You get the feeling that there were once five rocks on this necklace where there are now currently three. So it is missing two beads. Okay. Gareth, um, you remember a wizard in your village who uh, was pushed a little bit away from the council. There was like a little bit of a commotion, a little bit of drama um, because this person managed to set uh, a neighbor's house on fire doing experiments with um, encasing spells in stone. Oh, and it was a really, it was a really, really crude experiment. It did not go well for him, but he did successfully manage to encapsulate a handful of spells in stone to be thrown almost sort of like, sort of like a, a, a fantasy grenade. Holy shit. So, well, okay. Um, I mean, I obviously I report what I found to Arnold like, oh yeah, I had this neighbor once who, uh, you know, those things people write with letters. Apparently there are magic ones that if you carve into stuff, it like puts spells into it. I don't know. I don't, never really figured it out. But anyway, um, my neighbor burned his neighbor's house down. Not me. The other neighbor <laughs> on the other side. Um, so 
uh, we don't really exile people that's rude, so we just called him names for the rest <laughs> of his life. But I'm pretty sure it was a similar sort of deal. I'm pretty sure uh, name calling is also rude. So was burning town people's houses. Oh, people say, yeah. So so I you know so I look I looked at Gareth and I'm just like that's what I was thinking. I was like I I think we found the rest of their ammo. I wonder if they were planning on destroying more people or I don't know why we have this. This is terrible, you know. But yeah, I think we... if I had a bunch of magical fantasy grenades, the number one thing I would do is not drop them into a barrel. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I was like, why did they dispose of these? Arnold, I will give you with your with your objectively very good insight check. Uh, this necklace is worth a fat stack. Uh, whatever you, my next question of my whatever you're holding appraisal. So so I common. I immediately am just like honestly I don't trust myself with this sort of explosive thing. I think you should hold on to it. And I just like kind of shift it over to but, to Gareth. <laughs> Gareth does like, like a sleight of hand and like it's just gone. It's... <laughs> yes. Out of there. Okay. Yeah, you got it. No problem. Um, Cerulean, you hear your uh, your halfling noblewoman stutter over the word nimble right a handful of times. Um, do you remember the very few times I've used this word before? Yes, yeah, when you look at somebody do something athletic and you're like, wow, that guy's nimble, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty good. If you make that the episode name, I'm going to murder you. I am filled with a cold rage that would, I, I, <laughs> if you do it. Ooh. All right. It's not a person. Is it a place? So it a- it's pretty, it's pretty esoteric. So I do not blame any of you for not remembering when Arnold and Mel were uh, being held at crossbow bolt by the pirate captain. Okay. Arnold said, uh, Sylvie sent me, I'm here to help. Essentially. He, he did it with more babbling and hysterics than I just did. He was also a robot. This guy. And he was, was also, robot, he, was right? a, he was a creature of cog and bone. Um, if you will remember uh, oh, from this sort of like teleporty situation where Gareth kissed a dude. Um, but, <clears throat> oh yeah. Anyway, dude, in the head, a whole bunch. Yeah, you kissed him right really good. Anyway, um, the captain said, I know for a fact that the House of Inspired Hands only has three nimble rights. So you expect me to believe that two thirds of them are here on my ship. This was moments after something upstairs exploded. So I just want to put those two two facts together for you. So you, in the in the in the combining of like tales that you know you and Gareth and and Arnold and Mel shared, I imagine that fact would have would have come together. So there is a distinct chance that Cerulean would have that word rattling around her lexicon. So, Cerulean looks, you know, at this point she'd been trying to calm her down, but when she says "nimble right," she stops, and she like tries to make eye contact with her if she's mm-hmm. you know looking wherever. You just said nimble, right? Do you mean the automaton type thing? I I don't think she responds to you um, because she's she's very shocked. She's really far gone. I will say that she she probably keeps folding over that word again and again, and from the rooftops it came from the rooftops, etc. 
Okay. Um, Mel. Would you like to investigate the two boys standing beneath your... I'm going to burn it to the ground. I'm going to like, something's going to happen and it's going to fall off the wall. Like it was not anchored to a stud and the drywall is going to collapse. Don't, don't take it away. <laughs> I'm desperate for you to get involved. I'm really, because like you are, you're the like, come on. Where... They are Where sitting. Where are a, these little shits? They are sitting at a table, probably like fifteen feet away from you on the floor. So here's the thing, Beth. You're trying to lure me down with kids, and I fucking hate kids. I was gonna say that's a weird strategy to go for. <laughs> All right, I tell you what, you can shout at him. <laughs> hey, you fox! Yeah, exactly. Want to come oh, up gosh. into my treehouse? <laughs> no. The opposite of that. Hey, two unsolicited children, come up here and talk to me, an adult. Hey, two children alone in a bar. I guess I'll get down. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Force somebody to do something against their will. Good DM points for Alex. Um, You hop down, and everybody's like, whoa, there's a person up there. Floon particularly blown away. Completely (laughs) forgot about you. That's um, how I like Flo's it. Flo's just like, hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's up, bro? And, My and name's I'm like, I'm like, you never saw me. Okay, word. Batman rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these two kids are sitting at a table drinking uh, water that Floon has uh, given them. And there is a, there is a, a bill on the table for the water. Um, and, uh, but they are conversing quietly to themselves. God, how the fuck do you talk to children? You got point by the dollar. <laughs> There's the episode title right there. <laughs> um, I I'd say, hey, um, I don't want you to be worried or or scared. You're welcome to stay here as as long as as long as you need. Um, I overheard that you guys were were scared about something, and and I want I want to help you. I I can help you, and I know you don't want to talk to to the guard, and that's fine. I get it. I mean, the guard is like scary AF, right? Um, so so um, I totally understand, but I'm worried about you guys. It sounded serious. It sounded serious, and it sounds like you should you should probably tell somebody. Um, so so um, talk to me. Uh, one of the kids um immediately turns to you so fast that he like spills a little water. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, it's 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 very important. And and we, we would like to stay here. The, the redhead man said we had to pay, pay for the water, which I thought was a little bit. I didn't realize that there were any restaurants that you had to pay for the water. But yes, we would we would like to stay here. We're very scared. Um, uh, Evan, Evan here saw something, but he's he's devilishly afraid. And, and we must convince him to help us because, like, I think it might I think it might crack the case. I'm a little bit of a sleuth myself. And uh, it, it's always about the clues. And uh, you Pulled see Evan like, Evan, like, stare daggers into this kid. Like, he would stab him if he could. I mean, I feel that. I've been there, Evan. I get it. Um, I would, I would let you, do, do not worry about paying for the water. Um, I'll take care of that. Uh, I, I am one of the owners here. Um, so, Whoa. Yeah, right? so you do not, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, and, and, and like I said, you, you can, you can stay. I'm at some point, I don't, maybe we want to find your parents, but I know you're, I know you're scared and I got it. This is scary. Like they, there was, there was a fire. There's a lot of body. Like that's terrifying. I almost, I swore, but these are children. 
Uh, <laughs> that shit's fucking scary, dude. I <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to be like, that's fucking terrifying, right? <laughs> like, like, like I, I completely get it. And, and, and truly, I, I want to help you. I'm, I'm in a position where I can help you. And, and you shouldn't have to carry that alone because that's a lot to, to carry. Um, so, so let me, let me help you. Mm, okay, Bestie, give me a persuasion roll. And I'll tell you what, give it to me with advantage. It means you're going to roll a d20 twice and take the higher of the two because you've done a fairly fairly decent job of um, tying this to logic. I love that rapper. Oh, that was a nat 20. Shit. Okay. I am Tremendous. so persuasive. Um, children love me. Evan looks to you and says... Now, now you, you, you must promise not to tell anyone, okay? Because my my father, he's he's wanted for a little bit of theft, and if you tell someone, I'm afraid he'll go to prison for the rest of my life. Waterdeep's a very unforgiving town when it comes <laughs> Wait, to the rest of his life. Yes, he will not. He will not make bail until I am eighty years old. <laughs> um, well, you don't. Um, you don't need to worry about that. I'm. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I've done some stuff too. I've done some stuff too. So, so your your secret, your secret safe. <laughs> In like an effort to comfort this child, like, listen, <laughs> I I've killed, killed a few. I've people. killed some people. <laughs> I'd like to keep that on the DL. I I would. I don't want to go to prison because then I got to break out of prison and then I got to kill roll the whole thing. She did roll in that twenty. So, like, if you want to, if you want to assure this child by your murder affidavits, it. Works. I'm not saying I'm not going to tell the kid like I killed some people did that i allegedly it, killed some people like there, there were there were bodies that were allegedly i um, left this earth not by natural causes <laughs> <laughs> we're the same we both unalive people we get it right, it's, it's right. all good. um <clears throat> so evan looks to you and says um yes just 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 after the blast um why it was the it was the damnedest thing. I was on the second floor. And I was looking down at the street, and I saw I saw a man in 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 a dark cloak and dark armor, uh, and he was that rifling man. through the he was rifling through the pockets of one of the one of the dead folk, and he pulled something out of a pocket and limped and limped out towards the street, um, and he uh, he points north. Um, and he says, but I, I, I didn't want to tell anybody because I'm, I wasn't sure if he if he was a bad man or if he was a good man. But I'm but I'm 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 devilishly afraid. For reference, where what direction did Mel see the cloaked figure on this the rooftop? In you said that, um, that guy took off north, angled roughly north. Hmm. <clears throat> so we have currently. A handful of clues. I want to go over them with you briefly. You have a magical necklace that Arnold found in a water barrel. You have a mysterious figure hunched over from a rooftop looking down over the scene. <clears throat> you have a uh, an eyewitness who saw a victim of the attack take something from a corpse and leave. You have uh, a nimble right, a reference to a nimble right saying it came from the rooftops. I will say... Um, one key piece of, of um, investigative 
space that you guys haven't really reached out to is the the central corpses of this attack. K.S. Ruling was looking at them briefly, but then I, I had a lot of clues that I wanted to like throw at them. And at that point, Ruling was the only person on the scene. So unfortunately, I had to like load them onto her and then I, I sort of parsed them out. Um, but that's sort of like the one area where you could find a lot uh, of more knowledge about like everything going on. Are there still corpses out there? I thought they were like being gathered up. So you have victims uh, at Troll Skull on your deck, uh, but the corpses themselves are in the midst of the city guard and Barnabas Blastwind and his companion who are um, sort of like heading up the scene out there. So, oh, good, Katie. Cerulean. Is Adam out there? You'd have to go out there and check. Okay. Um, I'm going to grab Arnold. Okay, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm leaving the basement because I'm like, my first thought was like, it's the bucket. There's something in the bucket, okay. and I like run upstairs. Like, I gotta go see this bucket. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hit the word bucket game. harder, bro. God damn, bucket. Uh, Gareth, headed behind the bar, you see Ronald the half orc stand up tentatively on the stage um, and start beating out the tentative beats to. Um, through the fire and the flames. <laughs> uh, yeah, through the fire and the flames by Dragon Force. Because apparently, apparently, that's the only song my brain can conjure at this moment. Hell yeah, that's the only uh, one I right. know by them. So here we go. Now, uh, headed up to your hidey hole, you 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 get up there. I don't know if you have like a rope or whatever. Like you get up there quick and look out over this alleyway. I'm real nimble, if you will. Just in Pretty time nimble, right? to God. Damn it, Gary, and I will set you on fire if you interrupt one more time. Love you. Um, just in time to see that shadowy figure on the rooftops uh, duck or stand. I'm sorry, stand up. And it is tall, at least even from your vantage point, you can tell over six feet and spindly. Its, it's limbs are all very thin uh, and its torso even looks like fresh taffy pulled beyond its, its stretching limit. Holy um, shit, an enderman. And, and then I'm you string don't look at it. <laughs> and then you see it uh, lurch its way over the rooftops and leap out of sight to the north. Cerulean and Arnold, you head to the crime scene, uh, and it is an official crime scene because Barnabas Blastwind uh, and his uh, companion are snapping out orders, um, shuffling sheets of cloth over some of the victims. Uh, the the man with the with the peach fuzz beard is, is taking notes, rapid fire, and like flipping pages as Barnabas um, throws out fact after fact of just like things that he sees. He's like, ah, yes, and there's a, there's a window that's broken there. Write that down. I immediately look for Adam. Do I get Adam? All right, listen. The only reason Adam is there, <laughs> the only reason Adam is there is because earlier, canonically, I said that Adam wa walks a certain road in Waterdeep. I actually said it, I looked it up. And it is, I shit you not, two and a half blocks from your tavern. And I did it on purpose so that you guys could have like meet cutes later. But now, obviously, oh it would make sense that he's fucking there. So, yes, so cute. At the perimeter of this scene, you see a familiar man standing with a pike and his face is sooty and he looks uh, very nervous because he's having a rough fourth week on the job. 
quick cerulean go up and drop your books next to him <laughs> no i so cerulean takes her clipboard that she had picked back up at some point throws it into arnold's chest and pauses for a minute does like uh adam doesn't see me right he is very busy barnabas barnabas runs a very tight scene so like the uh, there are like multiple orders being snapped left and right and he's just his his attention is diverted so would he not be concerned for my safety knowing where i live um i don't know that you told him you live at troll skull they walked us back what when we oh, came we out from the no you left with Vo- you left with volo Adam and Rain oh, stayed, stayed at the back. police station. I don't think okay. I don't think Adam knows that you live here. Okay. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. You slam your you slam your fantasy binder into uh Arnold's chest, knocking the wind out of the young bard as you do so. Um and you strut forward onto the scene um to the point where Barnabas, you hear Barnabas shout behind you like, "Hey, who the fuck are you?" Uh and then you see Adam turn and his eyes go wide as dinner plates and his jaw literally drops. And you hear, you you see him say, but you don't hear. But I think your mind like automatically fills it in. He goes, oh, Roxy? So I start walking with purpose, like almost like, OMG, I see the guy I like, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I start walking with purpose and I just grab him by the face say are you okay you're covering soot are you okay are you bleeding are you okay and i'm like gonna really play up the concern okay um i think there's a a general hubbub as barnabas objects uh to the civilian strolling into his scene but um adam looks looks over you still clutched between your cheeks um and he goes oh don't worry, Sergeant. It's okay. She's with me. Her name is this is Roxy. She's the best. Um, but it's okay. Don't worry. Hi, Roxy. Adam. Um, am I also covered in soot at this point when I was putting out fire? I think you're pretty, I mean, you're pretty sooty. Yeah, because you've been walking around this like fresh, like fiery scene. Um, let's say you've got like a dramatic sort of shadowing across your face. Um, so I just I I hug him really tight. Okay. And um he smells like sandalwood and old spice. So I, I give him a hug and I, while I'm hugging him, like, like I'm crying, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm going to start asking him, what even happened? We, we heard so many things and we just don't even know what's going on. There's so many people hurt. Mm. Um, Adam says, oh gosh, I just really don't know. Like I just got here like 10 minutes ago and Sergeant Blastwind is all over the scene and he runs a really tight ship, Roxy. And like, I can't, I know that I, you like, I, I give you like, I tell you some things that maybe I shouldn't and Captain Rain fussed at me the other day for doing it. And so like, I don't really know. I'd like, it was an explosion. And I heard, I overheard Barnabas talking to Nick and he said that there was, they, they, they killed the gnome 
and they and the, the stone was missing and then that's all i heard and and i got i was really close to them and then they overheard me tell that and then they made me stand all the way over here at the edge of the crime scene where nothing interesting happens oh, i'm sorry honey how about this how about i go sweet talk the sergeant how about we find out what's going on and i'll i'll let i'll relay the information to you and that way you stay in the loop just like you were right next to the sergeant the whole time Perfect. He's into this plan. <clears throat> Arnold, what are you doing while this all goes down? So as soon as she slams that uh, the binder into my chest, I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'm taking notes. And I just, <laughs> so I'm like, broken window, uh, duster. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm copying this guy. But I'm also looking around and I am starting to actually take notes of what I see. So I want to know, okay. like, what do I actually see? Okay. Uh, you get a couple of details from this play. Number one, um, you actually managed to get pretty close to the guy writing notes. His name is Nick. That's who Adam was referring to. Um, so I'm like cheating on a test with Nick. I'm like, yeah, you actually managed to see like some broken windows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's got a couple of really key notes in very yeah. fine script on his uh, paper. Cool. Um, the first thing you see is uh, Rock Gnome Dalakar in big underlined letters that's at the top of the page. Uh, you see the word uh, Zentarim. Ah, I know And that. you see the word stone, written and circled. Okay. Stone. Mm-hmm. Zalakar stone. Okay, so I obviously, I'm writing that all right on her notes, just like right mm -hmm. on the, like- in Right my, over her Excel spreadsheet. Right over, she's yeah. worked so hard. She's worked so it. hard on this, but it's like, but I'm gonna say my handwriting's much better than hers. I have, oh, okay. I have worked, right. I've worked for years. It is straight calligraphy style. Yeah, I really like to imagine <laughs> Arnold, it's like very loopy. He like dots his eyes with hearts. Yes. It's just it's basically, it's a concrete poetry when I write my notes. It's like I'm making oh I'm making God. a gnome out of my words. Um so I take all this information and I'm writing and I'm just like, hey Nick, does yours look this good? And I'm just like, all right. And I go and I like I try to find uh Cerulean. I'm just like, I have it, I have it, everything. Just, uh Nick's handwriting is not as good as yours, and he is chagrined about it. Huh. Uh, Cerulean, you see Arnold come up to you with a, a binder full of hastily scribbled notes and he pushes it in your face. Um, I, I wonder if you would feel irritation at first until you start to decipher like the notes that he's actually managed to pick up. A hundred percent. In this moment though, before I look at that, I'm going to reach out to Mel and check mm. in on her. Um, so I just want to stand there with a like, just like. Like nothing? Like like this is amazing. Like, like, <laughs> no, like, I, like I did all this work and she just kind of is fading, like doing something else completely. Well, like, no, nothing. I <laughs> I would have done some like pad on the cheek and just be like, good job, good job. And and then my eyes would have kind of glazed over a little bit as I am actively reaching out to Mel. Um Mel, did you ever catch that guy? What, did you ever clock where he went? The one that was on the um on the rooftop. Um, so I would say, um, and I haven't, no, I haven't talked to you since I talked to the little shits. Mm -mm. Um, I, I, I was nice to them. They don't have to know what I call them. You only have to be nice to kids' faces. 
Right. That's Look, true. A family, a family show where we call children little crops all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're it's a show for the whole family, not the kids. <laughs> So the parents feel good. It's a family show if the kids are at a sleepover at another house. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I say, um, listen, I um, I need to fill you in on on a few things. Um, somebody, I, you know, I was I was talking to the, to to these to these kids. They were real scared. They're 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 um a a. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they saw a figure and, and I would fill her in on, on, you know, what they said about the, the corpses. Um, and I, and, and I would also say, and, and Hey, when I came back up here, um, that figure you and I saw before, um, I don't know what he is. I don't know what he is. He's, he's, he's tall and thin, like, like he's been pulled, just, just stretched thin. I'm real creepy. Uh, he, he just jumped off and went north. I don't, I don't see him now. I, I think, I think you guys are okay. I will definitely shoot him if I see him because I'm feeling murdery. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't see him now. Everyone has gone north. Okay. Um, are the bodies separated where she would have a vantage point of who they could be before they're like covered? I don't think so. I think that would be one of the first things that the that the city guards sort of like hurry to cover up. Uh, both in you know you you remember that the scene that you fast passed in the first episode where there yeah. were dead people in the street. Like the city guard do try to like preserve the the dead people from like prying eyes. So like they would have sheets to cover them up. Um, so I don't think you'd be able to like get in there unless you wanted to talk to Sergeant Barnabas Blastwin directly and see if you could convince him to let you look at the corpses. Yeah. Um, Maybe you can charm him, Cerulean. So, okay, so I'm- That was such a vicious clapback. Holy fuck. That was bad. That was, okay, so- I'm outside. So I'm outside with her and like she's clearly completely ignoring my beautiful notes. Yes. So I want to just like turn and look at Barnabas and be like, I noticed a bunch of stuff in the Nick didn't know. Like I should be on your squad. Wouldn't look at this. And I just like kind of show him my notes and just I'm trying to show him and convince him that I'm really good at observing things. For, um, for, for the purpose of what are do, are you just to, showing him your notes? Or I want to get on his good side to to get him to um, let me in um, on the investigation, so maybe I can like use my eyes elsewhere. He sees that I'm very perceptive, and I have I have the a keen you know uh, eye for observation. So you know like maybe I would see something that he hasn't seen since I've taken such you know astute notes. Okay, all right. So persuasion, well, I guess. Roll a roll a persuasion check. Yeah, yeah. twenty three. 18 plus five. Fuck My me. persuasion is good. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So Barnabas Blastwind looks at you and says, are you, are, you, are you showing me the notes that you stole from my partner pretending that they're your notes? <laughs> so like I, I told Nick to write all of those things down. No, so I, okay. So I say, Oh, no, 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 no. You're looking at level one of my notes, which was Nick-based. Uh, those are the roots of my notes. What I, what, what I did was I watered those seeds that Nick completely neglected, and you can see the tendrils of the plant of evidence leading to all of this various, you know, you know, like interesting points of, you know, this this whole observation that I made. You know, like, check it out. Like, this is, this is the crime scene as I see it. Not as Nick sees it. I'm much better than him. 
So I Cerulean, <laughs> do you want to throw do you want to throw something in here to give your boy a little advantage? Yeah. So um after my conversation, I tune back in and I see what's happening. Um so I look at the sergeant and I say, you know, he may not look like it, but he is one of the most observant people I have ever met. He even said that a, a stone that he saw looked like at one point it might have been on a piece of leather thread. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. At the word stone, this this dwarf sergeant's eyes light up and he says, uh, after a pause, oh, I, you, you've seen the stone. So like, you know what we're talking about here. I... So I flip a page, I flip a page in the book and I drew a clear diagram of the stone with an arrow that says missing some, you know, (laughs) like clearly missing some stuff has happened. It's like a dotted dash line, (laughs) like. Okay, Um, he is willing to let you examine the bodies briefly, but he's got to move some stuff along. So you're only going to get a really quick look at him. I want to look at the the gnome okay arnold and cerulean each i would love a perception check please arnold you're going you're looking at the uh figure lying over the gnome cerulean you're looking at the gnome fair enough all right 16 you said perception right i did oh okay so natural 18 and i think that that's a 21 i got 21 too dang okay all right 21 arnold the uh the figure that you inspect is a dead mercenary wearing the same black garb that you've seen twice now before the figures on the on the warehouse floor dead when you guys arrived at the scene and the same figures that you saw kneeling defiant in front of the city guard your first night in water deep as you walked past the scene in the wagon where you met adam yeah exactly uh you push the sleeve of one of these uh, of this dead mercenary up and you see a tattoo on uh the inside of his elbow of a uh a black winged snake. Badass. And that's what okay, you get. Okay, so the Zentarim are the black winged snake and the Xanathar are the ten spoke wheel circle. Correct. Oh, this is like a gang war. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. He told us that at the beginning. The I don't pay beginning. attention. Damn. Okay, well, Damn. It's in my notes. Damn. All right. Uh, Cerulean. The dead gnome. Uh, is a rock gnome, a very uh, a specific um, type of gnome. Um, his boots are tattered, worn, and covered in a pretty foul-smelling mud, um, a curious inspection of which shows... Um, that they were made for walking. No. no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I may be drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, it shows that... Um, um, this this rock gnome, whoever he is, has spent a, a significant amount of time in the sewers. Mm. You recognize the, the the rough texture and smell of that being from the same mud that you've cleaned off your own shoes uh, only only hours ago. Do I notice anything, any type of markings, any type of jewelry, anything that could help me identify him potentially as Dalakar? Uh, nothing personal like that he's not wearing like an id tag or anything like that however in the pursuit of um 
rifling around this person's uh, person. Um, hmm. The inside of his shirt has a secret pocket sewn into the breast on the inside. That is a, oh. that is empty. Oh, it's empty. Correct. What size is the pocket? It's about the size. I mean, it's a pocket size. It it looks like it can hold something about the size of an avocado. Okay. One, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. One single. One okay. seventh of a necklace on there. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like in the pocket. <laughs> that's uh huh. Exactly what my brain just said. Um, you know from the clues that you've garnered at the scene, a nimble right is involved. Right. Mm -hmm. There are three of them in the city total. Yep. And all three of them come from a place called the House of Inspired Hands. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't happen to be the, to the north of us, would it? You know what's <laughs> fucking crazy? Is the House of Inspired Hands is a temple. Uh, it's the Temple of Gond. And the temple district in Waterdeep is to the north of Trollskull Manor by about a mile. I'm putting things together. <laughs> okay, so at this point, um, I get up and having made some connections all on my own, um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, no, I'll, I'll gather the troops. Um, and before I do, I'll walk on back over to Adam and just be like, see you around, give him a kiss on the cheek and walk inside. <gasps> like, don't give him any time to respond or react, just like take off inside. I mean, as soon as you breach his personal space, he turns red as a tomato. Okay. My favorite thing about that is that is something that would happen during like third grade recess like kiss him on the cheek and then run away really fast but so, so guys guys there's definitely something to the north everyone seems to see it i saw shadows there i think you guys did too because i was watching your eyes i'm pretty sure your eyes did the same thing everyone's eyes were on the north what if we went i'm just gonna say it north you're a genius <laughs> yeah. yes. i got one <laughs> i scared her Floon, your I head bartender until we get back. Bro, uh, no, 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 no. man the stage. Do your best. You're a star. We're going to the house of inspired hands. Floon, <laughs> uh, I'm counting the registers when I get back, and if there is a single copper piece missing, you will be missing a finger. Yes! I feel like, like Mel just very begrudgingly comes down yes! from the perch and, 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 and just kind of like looks up at it sort of sad and longingly and like beep. it falls Cerulean. off the drywall and shatters don't you do that does not. Cerulean just pats her on the shoulder and she's like it's okay you'll be back soon we just gotta you can go back to your hottie hole later I promise we'll be back I'm sorry. You, but go you leave uh, and see Floon staring at all ten of his fingers, just like shaking like a leaf. We're gonna do a smash cut. Smash cut. The House of Inspired Hands, the Temple of Gond, um, is a large house set away from the road a little bit. Um, there is a like intricate wrought iron gate uh, that 
you you pull a handle and like it's almost it's almost like a Rube Goldberg machine of cogs and gears that that were and 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 uh, uh, turn and this these gates like move inward silently and weightlessly almost like a pair of feathers and as opposed to like huge heavy cast iron gates um, and there is a short drive maybe like twenty feet to a an imposing uh, temple front with a pair of closed doors uh, and I would love everybody to make a perception roll please. Got it. Ooh, Gareth rolled an 18. Whoa. I, I did bad. I only got a 13 that time. All right. Arnold got a 13. Gareth got an 18. I got an 18. Cerulean got an 18. 13. Bessie got a 13. Okay. Cerulean and Gareth. This is gonna this is gonna sound fucking crazy. Like you don't normally. There's a sound of angry hornets. <laughs> like a pack of bees. Uh, and Are you, you shitting my dick? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I know it can't be episode title, but it's the episode title, right? <laughs> like, Gary, Gareth does it again. <laughs> it's not a very, like, family-friendly title. Eugene's going to take one look at that and be like, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, ooh, ooh. All right. So anyway, the sound of bees. Sound of bees. And you uh, look to, to try and find the source of this sound. And standing on the roof of this temple is a tall, spindly, thin-armed creature of cog and bone, standing in a pose of like uh, uh, a slinger having just thrown a sling, a rock out of its sling. Uh, and your 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 attention is fixated on this creature, almost to the point of ignoring this hissing, buzzing sound as a falcon made entirely of cog and steam and gears comes screeching towards you all from your peripherals and slams into you as a group. That's the coolest shit I've ever heard. Is this where you're freaking stopping? 